0: Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. Life must go on. Time to move on from Andrew Luck and the retirement, the shocking retirement, if you will. Kevin Bowen, Joey Molinaro back in studio. We will touch on a little bit of Andrew Luck right at the start, get Joey's thoughts, but uh, this edition of Kevin's Corner will certainly focus, I think, a lot more on 53-man roster um, and cuts that are coming Saturday by 4 o'clock, cutting from 90 to 53, guys. Um, We'll also touch a little bit on Jacoby Brissett, uh, but he's a guy I definitely want to focus on, uh, again, a little bit more next week as the Colts get into their regular season mode and um, god what a what a week man
1: yeah dude and i can't really say anything that hasn't already been said that i'm sure that you said on sunday when unfortunately i, I couldn't be here i was coming back from my bachelor party but um really shocking is an understatement and part of me thinks that He's kind of doing it to get back at me a little bit. It's fitting (laughs) that on my bouncer party weekend, he decides to break news like this and really just kind of wreck the whole trip.
0: Yeah, exactly. He saw your prayer to Peyton Manning. He said, watch this.
1: Yeah. You think I'm going
0: to answer that prayer? Got
1: enough of your impressions, buddy. Yeah. See ya.
0: He got the last laugh, certainly, in in regards to you. Um, Yeah, but those, for people that have missed it, somehow missed it, uh, I did an emergency podcast that Joey just referenced on Sunday afternoon. Um, that I actually have been really pleased with, with a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from that podcast. So I'm glad that um, my thoughts clearly resonated, I think, with a majority of the fan base. and um, a- a- Anything on your end, Joey? I mean, obviously the raw emotion being at a bachelor party at 9.30 at night, I guess 8.30 Chicago time. Yeah. I can only imagine right. what, uh, what some of the reactions were for you and your crew, but... Any kind of big opinions that you've thought about this now that we're 72, 96 hours into it?
1: I, I, I see why fans are upset. I understand I understand how badly that sucks when you have such expectations and you know that it's, it takes a hit. And obviously you're going to react, uh, not a great way to start. So I'm not sitting here on Mount Pius telling everybody, oh, shouldn't have booed, shouldn't have been upset. That's a part of it. It sucks. Part of being a fan. It sucks, but I fall more on the side of Andrew Luck was hurting, and more so than his calf. Obviously, more so than the calf, more so physically. It wasn't just that. And for me, just to break down walls a little bit, I you know I, I'm somebody who who has you know dealt with mental health issues, yeah. who's dealt with panic, anxiety, uh, depression, things like that. And so to see him up there looking the way he did, and you, you could just see it in his eyes. You could tell in the tone of his voice. I mean, you were two rows from him. Um, I don't think that if he was a billionaire or if he had won six Super Bowls and he was still feeling those things in his head, I still don't think any of that matters. People like to say, I don't really care. He makes $120 million, all that stuff. I don't fall on that. I don't fall because I know that if I had $120 million, I would still have those same battles in my own mind. And so I I hope that he's at peace with it. I hope that it doesn't weigh on him like it has been anymore.
0: And I'm honestly excited
1: to watch Jacoby Brissett.
0: Really well said. And uh, definitely thanks for thanks for sharing some of that. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he is a human being at the end of the day. And certainly, um, I think a lot of things from his occupation to his financial situation to all of those reasons, um, sometimes we don't think that, you know, these guys are human. Um, And Andrew Luck just has other priorities at this point of his life. No longer um, wants to make the sacrifices that he made early on in his career because that was impacting his other relationships soon-to-be father, now husband, those things. That is exactly why the Andrew Luck we saw from 2012 to 2016 did things that I think now he regrets from a pain threshold standpoint and what he played through and skipping steps in injury rehab and pushing back surgery for a year when he had the torn labrum and all those things. And for him to ever come back to the NFL... He's going to have to be willing to do some of that stuff like yep. it, you just it's a league in a position where, yeah, you play quarterback and, you know, maybe you don't get hit that often or as other positions have physical contact, you know, and engage on a daily you know, snap in snap out basis. But you're going to play through some injuries and, mm-hmm. you know, if Andrew Luckwood had a high ankle sprain midway through last year, I would have been really curious to see looking back on it now how he would have handled that injury situation maybe in the course of the year maybe he's just like all right I'm gonna gut it out if I quit on my teammates during the year that's a little bit different than quitting on them now two weeks before the start of the season uh maybe he would have reacted differently to it but um
1: my other big my other big takeaway Kevin and we talked about it kind of on Monday um just how it's so important for everybody to remind themselves how differently wired andrew luck is yes i'm sure you talked about it on sunday i'm sure everybody's heard it a million times by now but to me and and what was happening on saturday night when all my buddies were like whoa i just can't what is what is i just had to remind them guys all of us grew up wanting to run out of notre dame's tunnel like rudy and then go play in the nfl that i guarantee was not something that was really preoccupying andrew luck's mind it's not he doesn't see it the same way as all of us.
0: he He can love the game of football and have a huge passion for it and not have that want to define every walking minute of his life for the next ten, fifteen years. Um again, okay. other priorities are there for Andrew Luck. And that doesn't mean that all of a sudden he doesn't love the game of football that much. He doesn't love it enough to impact the rest of his life and the relationships in his life. And that's ultimately, what he decided to to do. So, um, thanks for letting me have have my oh, Luck time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, trust me, I was I I was missing you in here on 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 Sunday because, you know, I respect your opinion on it and, and you bring a good perspective on these sorts of things. So, um, it, it's just. It, it's still shocking to me. I, I still sit here, and we're taping this Wednesday afternoon, and we wanted to get something to you before roster cuts. We aren't going to do Twitter questions today just because the time sensitivity of this podcast, um, it, it's just weird. You know, it, news is breaking very, very quickly with things, so um, didn't want to waste time with Twitter questions, but... Um, I'm still shocked. I, I, I'm i still shocked. Yes, there are some tea leaves that you can look at and say, okay, this and that. You, certainly there are that. I touched on some of those on Sunday. But seeing his empty locker, hearing Frank Reich talk about him in the past tense, that, that both of those just sights are just like almost jarring of like, wow, this franchise is no longer. Like I was literally watching highlights last night. Of Jordan Love, the Utah State quarterback who like people are high on. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading articles on Justin Herbert and Tua, and I'm looking up twenty twenty free agents and and Joel Erickson for the Indy Star went to Foxboro the past few days to find out more about Jacoby Brissett. Like, it is absurd how quickly things can change in a week. And yes, this is on the far end of the spectrum and how things can change, but Later on this podcast, we'll talk about the Colts bringing in Brock Osweiler for a free Asian visit. Brock Lobster, the man that ended the Colts' 2016 season twice, beat the Colts twice that year. Oh,
1: man, I forgot about that. Yeah. Wait, so they really did? That's true. Yeah, brought true him fact. in for a
0: visit yesterday. JMV was the first one on it, and Field Yates confirmed it earlier today. Wow. And that's the reality of it. Like, <laughs> this is where the, the, the Indianapolis Colts – and I I laugh not to make fun. I laugh because I can't freaking believe that we're here. I I can't. And I've I, I've had it lucky. Other my some of my other colleagues that have been in the NFL, they have to worry about the quarterback position every week on their beat. I don't. I I didn't have to worry about it. this. Is foreign territory to me that the Colts right now are on an uncertain ground with... Yes, it's Jacoby Brissett here in 2019, but Jacoby Brissett's not under contract past this year. And now the Colts are... the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Bengals, the Bills, I don't know, insert other teams. I guess the Bills now have their franchise quarterback in Josh Allen, but just, like, insert other teams that are in this quarterback uncertainty. Um, And that's where the Colts are, man. Well... Time to move
1: on. We're going to keep talking about Angel. We all know that. But I think everybody wants to kind of start looking more because we got a game in a week and a half, Kevin. So from Sunday, after the luck news broke and the whole NFL and Colts world changed, what have we learned since then?
0: Yeah, this will be our last kind of luck-centric topic real quick before we move into Jacoby Brissett, and then the heavy portion will be the 53-man roster stuff. But I do think there's some, some tidbits that we have learned since then from the reporting of Adam Schefter and Peter King. And then I thought Clyde Christensen and Bruce Arians, probably two of Luck's closest coaching, former coaches, coaching friends, whatever you want to call it, they've had some interesting insight. Um, So Christensen, who was Luck's first quarterbacks coach, had this to say. He's now in Tampa with, with Bruce Arians. And he had this to say about Luck and this situation. I stay in touch with him and kind of knew that he was contemplating it. But I learned like everybody. I was watching the Florida-Miami game, and it came across the bottom. All of a sudden, I had 15 texts in 30 seconds. So that first line from Clyde Christensen there, I stay in touch with him and kind of knew that he was contemplating it. Lindsey,
1: to believe that 10 days or so, I don't know, unless he was just making his rounds.
0: You know, that is something that – because to me, when I hear 10 to 14 days, Joey, I'm like, that's pretty darn rash. <laughs> like, exactly. That is one of the more rash, rash decisions to make in that short of a time span. Uh, I feel like you had to have been thinking about it before. And this just further drives home the point, why the hell are you bouncing around Lucas Soil Stadium the Saturday before you retire? That, to me, still kind of grinds my gears of like, Andrew Luck, you're too smart of a human being. You know the optics of what that looks like when you're laughing and you're smiling. And that was in the 10 to 14 day cycle. That was seven days before his retirement. Um, So I thought that was interesting from, from Christensen. And then I also enjoyed this, him talking about how much luck loved the game of football. Clyde says, I don't know many people that love football more than him. Everything about football. He loved the meetings. Every day he'd take his nap, and I'd walk by the meeting room and wake him up. We put a little futon in there. He's just such a fun guy to be around. He got so much joy out of playing and the locker room and teammates and competing, everything. He got a legit joy out of it, a childlike joy. To play football and not have that, obviously he couldn't live with that anymore. And obviously that final comment there from Christian um, I think references the labrum. He had to come back and do it again, but if there was any amount of pain he had to go through, that was it. And when I hear that quote from Clyde Christensen about how much Luck loved the game of football, I think of the season finale in 2016 when Andrew Luck looked like a robot on the field with an elbow pad on both elbows and ankle taped on both ankles and playing with to a torn labrum. And they beat the lowly Jaguars. And Andrew Luck, arms just pumping up and down in the air. Looks like a 60-year-old Carmel mom working out in the morning at LA Fitness. Or she probably has her own private instructor to come to the house. But he's sprinting off that field like he just won the effing Super Bowl. Like, that is pure. I mean, we made fun of Andrew Luck for that gif so many times. That is real. That is how much he loved the game of football. Um, so I thought that was interesting from Christensen. Arian said similar stuff um, that Bruce says, I know he's been struggling with this latest injury, but the last time I talked to him, he was still fired up about the year in the team. Um, knowing his toughness and mental toughness, this does surprise me. Something has got to be wrong somewhere because I know he loves the game so much. I broadcast two of his games last year for CBS, and he was running off the bus to come say hi and tell me how the team was doing and the young receivers and how excited he was. Um, So I thought both of those anecdotes from Bruce Aarons and Clyde Christensen were were interesting. And then lastly, from Adam Schefter and and, uh, Peter King, Joey, Schefter was at his mother-in-law's 75-year-old birthday party when he first got wind of the news. Uh, he said that the press conference initially could have happened Friday,
1: mm.
0: not Sunday. Luck wanted Sunday so his parents could fly in. His parents were not there, obviously, Saturday night. Um, they're thinking about a Friday, though. Why not just come in for
1: the whole thing? I don't know. That's beside no. Yeah, but... I'm
0: not sure why they decided to push it to Sunday because obviously it broke, it leaked. Um, and I assume Luck wouldn't have been in the building, you know, on. Uh... <laughs> On Saturday, had had all that went down. Uh, Peter King mentioned the whole leave of absence that was discussed. You know, discussing a leave of absence, discussing him going on injury reserve. And ultimately, Luck just said, no, I don't want to even do that. I want to retire from the NFL. And then Frank Reich to Peter King called the injury like child's play compared to other injuries for Luck. And I think that goes to show you the severity of this injury was not immense. It was not very severe compared to most NFL injuries and the injuries that Luck has gone through. But any amount of pain and any thought of being at less than 100% and risking further injury or having to maybe do things from Monday to Saturday that he doesn't want to do anymore to get ready to play on Sunday, hell no. Andrew Luck didn't want to do those things. So I wanted to sneak in um, some of those tidbits that uh, that we've learned since Sunday.
1: For sure, man. And I bet that um, we're still going to keep getting more and more of those tidbits as the year goes on, season goes on. Hell, even 15 years from now when they make a 30 for 30 about it, I'm sure you'll be in it because you were covering it so well <laughs> that night. We'll have more of those tidbits. Oh but now it's time for life with Jacoby Brissett. It's that. here. Um, he wanted to be a starter. People talked about him being traded for that, that opportunity, and he has it. As a member of the Colts.
0: He does. Um, And Jacoby Brissett, Joey, I think what you like, and I've gone back and looked at some of that 2017 um, film and stats of Brissett. and while he was thrown into a horrible situation, I thought one of the things he did really well that year was he protected the football well. Didn't throw many interceptions. I think he was, I want to say the stat is there was like 44 quarterbacks that threw at least 100 passes during that 2017 season. And he was sixth in interception rate. So um, that's that's really good, obviously. And I think that's going to be a big reason to why this team, um, you know, hopefully for their sake, gets off to a better start. Frank Reich mentioned it earlier in the week. It was a lot of self-inflicted stuff. The Colts did wrong last year in the first five weeks of the season, why they are 1-4 and to start the year. And so when you hear big-arm quarterback, you think kind of, that's a risk-reward. Well, Brissett didn't really turn the ball over much during that 2017 season. Uh-huh. So he's got to do that again. Um, and and I, I just I keep on coming back to not only how much better you are personnel-wise around Jacoby Bursette here in 2019, but how much better you are just from a coaching standpoint. Uh-huh. Like, you were incompetent as you know what. On the sidelines in 2017. Right. How many times did the Colts lead games after the third quarter and then just piss down their leg in the fourth quarter? How predictable were they in the fourth quarter playing with leads? Historically predictable. Yes, in in a historically awful way uh, with Chuck Pagano and Rob Chesinski. And I I, I go back to a game in Houston. I think it might have been the first game in Houston the Colts won last season. Um, where Houston was starting to inch back into the game. Maybe maybe it was the playoff game, because I think both games played out kind of similar similarly. And instead of getting in this double tight end, four-minute offense, let's milk the clock, you know, bullshit that you see from so many NFL coaches, Frank Crack's like, screw that. My best player is Andrew Luck, and my other best player is T.Y. Hilton. They're getting the ball, and we're going to go win the game like that. And that's exactly what they did. And it caught Houston off guard, and that's how I, I like when you have a coach. It's like, no, 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 I'm going to dictate. I'm, I want to win this game. I don't want to
1: play to lose. Ho- play not to lose.
0: Exactly. I don't want to hopefully you know, win this game and have to rely on my defense at some point or just milking the clock. Um, there is a balance there, but Frank Wright definitely teeters on more of the aggressive side of it. So – I just think you're more equipped from a coaching standpoint where Frank Reich has over 1,200 practice reps that he's seen Jacoby Brissett be in this season with his starting offense. And you know, I'm still not ready to say this is a 9-10 win football team with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, but I think it's a team that can be 500. And I'd probably teeter on, like, I'd be more surprised if they went 6-10 than if they went, nine and seven for sure I think that's fair you know I I I do like a lot now a big key is getting off to a better start or getting off to a acceptable start because it can spiral quickly early in the year and I think you need a confidence boost you need a jolt right now of like look we don't need Andrew Luck you know I know that sounds crazy to say but that's how that locker room needs to start to think and I think they think that but it's one thing to think it it's another thing to act on it. And prove that you can win in this league away from home without your franchise quarterback.
1: Do you think that it kinda of, and I think that Frank Reich answered this either Saturday night or yesterday when or Monday when he talked, they kind of feel like they're back into where the Colts like to be of like, hey, we're coming. People are against us, that we're without our guy. We got a chip on our shoulder. Yeah, we're not number thirty two, but hey, right. you know, it's it's us in this building and they mm-hmm. got the curse of supposed to. You know, if the Chargers are <laughs> down ten nothing to the Colts without Andrew Luck,
0: Oh, yeah. Ray, right, is that fair? That is 100% fair. I asked Frank Reich that question on Monday. I go, Frank, I know it's not number 32 power ranking, but do you kind of like, will you build up the underdog mentality? And as Frank do, Frank often does when uh, he reveals something, his body language is usually pretty telling at first, and he kind of smiles, and he's like, we might play up that underdog role just a little bit. And then he goes into, we won't play it up too much, but... You know full well. And the the Colts thrived in it last year. Now, they thrived in it with a pretty damn good quarterback under center. So that helps. Uh, But they also won games last year when Andrew Luck wasn't throwing for 250 yards. They won three games last year when he threw for less than 200 yards. And the last thing that I'll say before we move on is I think it's the best division in football, the most competitive division in football. I really think parity is defined in the AFC South. I don't look at it and say, that's an 11 or 12-win football team with anybody in this division. I don't. I mean, Houston's got a torn ACL for Lamar Miller. I've been higher on Tennessee than most, but I still don't think it's 11 or 12. In Jacksonville, I I definitely don't think it's 11 or 12. So, if you can position yourself late in the year, who knows? Does 9 and 7 win this division? Or does somebody get to 10? You have to think somebody will get to 10. But I don't sit here right now and think there's an 11 or 12-win team in this division that's going to compete for a bye. For sure. That's fair. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. but um, And, and we'll get into a lot more of Jacoby Brissett-specific stuff uh, next week.
1: All right, well, let's just stick with the quarterbacks, KB, and we'll go through a a look at each position group in the 53-man depth chart. you got cut day coming up on Saturday, correct? Correct, Saturday Saturday at at 4. All right, so Saturday at 4, let's just stick with the quarterbacks. What's it looking like now?
0: And everybody listens to this podcast should know, but for those that maybe don't listen to it or aren't that in tune with um, how roster cuts work in the league, 90 guys I think right now, as we tape this, the Colts just traded Nate Hairston to the Jets, so 89 guys on the Colts roster. They need to cut to 53, Mm -hmm. and 10 guys on your practice squad by Sunday, and then waiver claims happen Saturday at 4 all the way into Sunday as well, so a little bit of movement on the back end of the roster as well. Um, I would say throughout this whole exercise, Joey, I feel pretty good about 50 or 51 guys on it, so going into Thursday night, we're taping this, obviously, before the Bengals game. There are a few things that could happen. Basically, the Colts are going to rest. I think they're going to rest their top kind of 30 guys. So you are going to play guys maybe 30 to 53 in that game. So if you see an injury or two pop up, that could impact a domino effect on a few roster spots. But for the most part, I feel pretty good about making these cuts. QB, sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, all right, QB, I still think two. Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Walker. Now, if you sign a quarterback before Saturday, obviously that is your number two quarterback. But Chad Kelly, suspension list, doesn't count against a 53, doesn't count against a practice squad. That's where he goes. And I mentioned earlier um, the whole Brock Osweiler visit. I don't know about you, Joey, but, well, I guess you just heard it for the first time. There were some people that were – Pretty frust- pretty pissed when they heard that news. And my thought is this. Who the hell are you getting?
1: Exactly. I mean, compared to Philip Walker. Brock, Os- uh, Brock
0: Osweiler's won 15 games in the league. Former second-round pick. At least he's somebody. These are the free agent quarterbacks of note currently on the open market, Joey. Matt Castle. He's still playing. That was my first thought. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Same. Brandon Whedon, and your former Steeler, Landry Jones. I thought he was an XFL guy.
1: He was the first signing of the XFL.
0: Okay, well, then maybe he's he's off the market. So, Whedon, Sanchez, Castle, Osweiler.
1: Honestly thought that two of those guys were on TV and Whedon was
0: back in Oklahoma
1: on a farm somewhere.
0: I thought Brandon Whedon was trying to play college golf. He was a college (laughs) golfer along with playing... College football as well. Um, Like, who the hell do you want, people? Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, Yeah, you could make a waiver claim on Saturday and find a little bit better quarterback probably. You know, maybe there's like, is there a version of Nate Sudfeld somewhere around the league that yeah. the team's trying to sneak to their practice squad that you like? Is there someone with more of a Frank Reich background that it was with the Chargers or with Frank Reich in Philly that, that, sure. that you could claim? But I look at it as like this. Jacoby set is obviously your starter. Go find a veteran to be the backup for the first two weeks of the year. Phillip Walker, you're gone. Maybe you're on the practice squad. And then when Chad Kelly gets off the suspension list, I think Chad Kelly should be your backup. That's how I'd roll. Because I think Chad Kelly deserves to be the backup. Um, he's capable to be your backup. And then I also... I'm not throwing in the towel by any means on this season. No, no, no. I, I don't want people to think that. But I think you got to have one eye just kind of looking at 2020 and beyond.
1: Right. You'd be kind of uh, ignorant not to.
0: Exactly. You'd be very naive. So, okay. Jacob Brissett, you're evaluating him, of course, to potentially be your franchise quarterback. And then Chad Kelly, you're evaluating him to potentially be your long-term backup. So, um, that's how I would handle quarterback right now. So, I'm going to initially keep Phillip Walker – but we'll see if uh, if they make a move veteran-wise or waiver-wise.
1: You want to go up front or you want to go to the backfield?
0: Let's go to the backfield.
1: All right, backfield. Got some guys banged up. What's the word?
0: You do. And I think Jordan Wilkins is a maybe for week one, maybe more likely week two. And then Jonathan Williams is a guy that's going to try and, I think, play through the rib injury. So I could roll with four. Obviously, Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines being your healthy guy. So I'll go with four with under the assumption that Williams will try to play week one. Wilkins will be inactive, and then that's how you kind of handle things at at running back. So I, I don't think there's a need to add a fifth guy or something like that.
1: I know some people are concerned maybe still about the guys up front. What's it looking like with the offensive line?
0: So I'm going to keep nine, and I think a few weeks ago I wanted to keep eight, but I was like, that's my thinking, not Chris Ballard's thinking. Yep, yep, yep. Um, So nine, we all know the starters. Your backups, Josh Andrews, Evan Bame, Joe Haig. And the Raven Clark, uh, that won't appease a lot of people. Hell, the Raven Clark, oof, man, on Saturday night, he's he's lucky Andrew Andrew Luck retired in that game, <laughs> or else he would have been definitely in the negative category a lot more. Um, and, and I I think you got to look at the O line wise. You got to look at the waiver wire, Joey. I think you got to try and upgrade yep. there, um, on the O line.
1: All right. One thing I think all of us are really intrigued about and excited about is the wide receiver spot.
0: Yeah, and I think um, good news on Paris Campbell. Uh-huh. That'll be fun to watch tomorrow night. Absolutely. Paris Campbell making his NFL debut on a game field. I'm actually kind of surprised he's playing. I mean, he's only practiced given, twice in a month.
1: And given everything of the latest the last week, it's like, <laughs> right. who the hell knows, you know?
0: And I keep on thinking back to like Marlon Mack having setbacks early last year, Anthony Costanzo having setbacks as well with their hamstrings. I don't know. I I, I obviously don't think... Paris Campbell will play much. Um, selfishly, I'm glad he's playing because it gives me something to watch early on. But um, I think with Campbell's injury, and I still think he'll play week one, and then Devin just having a little bit of a back issue that the Colts think he'll be ready for week one, I just think you need Zach Pascal. I don't know if you need him all year, but I'd keep him initially on it. It, it, it could still be debated. It's a luxury spot, but I think he makes it initially. So obviously that means six wideouts Deion Kane, Chester Rogers, T.Y. Hilton, uh Funchess and uh Campbell and Pascal. Tight ends. Hale Hinches, what we got? That's the toughest head to head battle for me. Yeah. And I probably won't give a final answer until I'll post my final fifty three very late Thursday night. I'm torn on it, Joey. I'd want to keep Ross Travis. I think Frank Reich wants to keep Hale Hinches. Frank Reich mentioned last week, like you have to think about what we're emphasizing. They're emphasizing the run. So I think that's where Hentges makes it. I like Travis, though. I think he has a really high ceiling. Maybe you sit there and you think in your room, who do we have a better chance to get to our practice squad? Maybe that that, that plays into it. Uh, and I think it would be a great story if Ross Travis made it after tearing his ACL in the preseason finale last year. Um, so uh, that one, let's let's keep an eye on tomorrow night.
1: All right, let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. A lot of depth at D-line.
0: So D-line I'm keeping nine, and I think I might be a number short. Jabal Sheard, to me, is a guy that I think is the most likely cult to miss week one. What you have to decide is how long is Jabal Sheard going to be out. Because if that creeps into late September, do you think about putting him on IR right away? I don't think you're in that big of a number crunch right now where you desperately need that roster spot. But maybe the Colts feel like they are, so maybe they do that, or maybe they think Jabal Sheard's going to play pretty early in the season. So um, I have nine defensive linemen. That's Danico Autry, Ben Banagoo, Margus Hunt, Justin Houston, Tyquan Lewis, Al-Kadeen Mohamed, Sheard, Grover Stewart, and Kamoko Ture. I like that group. I like the versatility to be able to help out if Sheard is out. You know, Autry can go play end in, in, in a pinch. So can Lewis. So can Hunt. Um, I hate cutting Jihad Ward. He'd be the guy that I would keep. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with nine defensive linemen on my 53. The battle at
1: linebacker has been a fun one in my eyes between Okariki, Speed, Walker. Of course, you got the maniac in the middle. What are you thinking there?
0: Yeah, I think it's been, like you said, Joey, a fun Starting battle to watch. I don't think it's much of a fun fifty-three battle to watch. To me, it's kind of status quo. Yeah, you know the guys that are going to make it. It's more so of okay, who's definitely starting at Mike. I just like watching them. How say? <laughs> I mean, the body types have changed. There, I'm keeping yeah. all Chris Ballard draft picks. Yep. On this roster, it's Matthew Adams, Zaire Franklin, Darius Leonard, Bobby Okereke, EJ Speed, and Anthony Walker. I'll keep six. I think I feel pretty good about that. Sky Moore and Ahmad Thomas would be my two cuts. Um I think it's something to where you have Walker's your starter at the mic. I still think it's Matthew Adams at the Sam. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I I think you feel pretty good about that six man group.
1: Corner, we had some news before we got on the air uh, about Nate Hairston.
0: And let's let's t- touch on that. Um, smart move by Chris Ballard. I thought Corner was your hardest position to cut. I thought it was your most depth. I was keeping Nate Hairston. And I think that's why you got a six-round pick for Nate Harrison. Six-round pick's decent. Yep. I mean, a lot of times you only see a seventh exchange at, at mm-hmm. this point in the offseason. But it shows you that Nate Harrison's a good football player. I like that he could play inside and out. So how they handle inside right now is Kenny Moore will try and play with that club. He's your obviously your your top slot corner. And then Quincy Wilson. This is where the versatility of Quincy Wilson comes into play. He'd be your backup slot, if you will. Um so I will keep six corners. Real quick, KB. Just out of the the
1: Hairston trade, Ballard likes to stack picks. Is that a possibility? Let's say things don't go as planned with Jacoby Brissett this year. Hey, we're stacking up and we're getting ourselves our guy.
0: 100%. I mentioned it in the story. It's on 107.5thefan.com. They now have nine draft picks for 2020. Obviously, you have the second-round pick from Washington, mm-hmm. which you got. Um via the trade back with you know the Montez Sweat pick and, and and doing that on draft night. And now you have, I actually think it's the Chiefs six-round pick that you got from the Jets. The Jets made a trade with Darren Lee earlier in the year. So, yeah, you're accumulating draft capital just in case. You, and and you good. have to do that. You, you cannot ignore that right now. So smart move by Ballard. Obviously the Rex Hogan connection, former personnel man here in Indy, is now the assistant GM in New York. That played into this as well. Um, I think you have such an
1: influx of young quarterbacks like the Kyler Murrays, the Josh Rosens possibly of the world, who are looking to be the franchise guy. But I still don't think that that means that Arizona or a team like Miami are going to be very good this year, correct? Right. So they'll be in that position where they won't need to get a quarterback like the Colts in 2017. Twenty eighteen, excuse me.
0: And I don't think Jacoby Brissett is so bad where you're gonna win three or four and you're gonna be in the top five like you were in twenty seventeen. Right. Like Jacoby Brissett's improved and your team has improved. So if you're in the ten to twelve range and you wanna move up, this is your capital right. to move up. So just you wanna make sure you you wanna make sure you can do a lot of things. And that's what adding picks allows you to do. So um let's smart. wrap up with safety. So yeah, one, sorry, sorry, yeah. one thing left on, on corner, um, I think Marvell Tell now makes it, and then Chris Milton I think makes it as, as well. So that gives you six corners. So Marvell Tell, probably the happiest guy seeing this news.
1: All right, and then safety, yeah.
0: I go with four. With Matthias Farley being waived earlier in the week, I thought that was something that would happen. Um, with Marvell Tell having some position flexibility, Quincy Wilson having position flex, I think you can roll with four safeties. And to me, it's dead obvious. Gathers, Hooker, George Odom, and Kari Willis. Gathers and Hooker have been pretty healthy this offseason. Hooker especially. Um so yeah, I, I I don't I'm not too torn on a lot of these. Maybe there'll be a John Simon surprise. I don't see it. Obviously you keep your three specialists and cut Cole Headland and that's your fifty three, man.
1: All right, brother. It was a pretty quick, easy work uh, here on this Wednesday right before we get going to beers with Bowen. Um, What's coming up later? We got the Bengals game on Thursday night. What else?
0: Correct. And then obviously we'll just be monitoring things all weekend long. So 107.5thefan.com is your place to be. Um, I will have two articles up once roster cuts happen, giving my thoughts on it and just a position-by-position breakdown. And then we'll watch all weekend long, you know, what waiver wire moves are made, practice squad stuff, those things as well. Uh, we'll get back into the two podcast routine now that we're into regular season mode starting next week. And we'll get back into Twitter questions, of course. But um, we just wanted, I wanted to get a podcast in today to give Joey's thoughts on the Andrew Luck thing. Um, I thought he was really candid and really good with that. So, Joey, I appreciate that again. Yeah, happy birthday. Hey, thanks. To you as well. Yeah. Sorry you have to spend it um, <laughs> with beers with Bowen. But um, for those that can't make it or out of towners, we wanted to give you a podcast anyway. So happy birthday, Joey, and thank you everyone for listening. And like I said, 1075thefan.com all weekend long will have your roster cut coverage. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.